Welcome to our New Look at Employment and Immigration podcast. Uh, I'm Matthew Ramsey, the Senior Knowledge Lawyer in the Employment Team, and with me today is Tom Marson, a Senior Associate in the Immigration Team. Um, we're going to try to do this on a monthly basis to accompany the HR briefing that hopefully you will read loyally. Um, if you'd prefer just to subscribe to the podcast, you'll find us on Apple and Spotify uh, if you search for McFarland's podcast. Today, uh, we're going to look at right-to-work checks, uh, which is one of the key areas in which um, employment and immigration cross over a critical part of the onboarding process for new employees, HR teams, and employment and immigration in-house legal counsel. Um, Tom, um, I guess the starting point is, what is a right-to-work check? Thank you, Matthew. So all employers have a duty to check the right to work of their employees in the UK. And this is part of the government's prevention of illegal working legislation. If you hire someone who does not have the right to work in the UK, you can be liable for civil penalties if you um, unknowingly um, hire someone without the right to work in the UK. And there are even criminal sanctions if you knowingly uh, hire someone who does not have the right to work in the UK. Now, lots of people will have the right to work in the UK. They'll be British citizens or perhaps Irish citizens. But um, if they don't fit into those categories, then you may need to take extra steps in order to determine what the individual's right to work in the UK is. So this right to work check uh, should be conducted before um, or on the first day of employment. And we would recommend that it is part of the clients or the employer's onboarding process, uh, a very important part of the onboarding process. It should be one of the first things uh, which an employee uh, has to do on their first day and preferably before their first day. So lots of employers will do a right to work check at interview stage, for example, and that's fine. Um, But many will repeat that on the first day and require people to bring in their first documents. And so presumably, Tom, the immigration checks are one of a number of other checks criminal records that employers will typically do before employment starts uh, and then the contract will be drafted so that it's conditional on those checks having been satisfied. That's right and most employment contracts uh, should or are uh, have a right to work condition within that so uh, the, the offer to employ is conditional on the employee having a right to work uh, in the UK. And presumably it's important that that, that Checking is done on all employees, not just employees who might stereotypically be, be uh, inverted commas, obviously from a non-British background. I'm conscious here that employers will have discrimination risks if they apply that that regime um, in a, in a non-even-handed way. Absolutely. Every single employee must have their right to work checked um, in exactly the same way. Never make any assumptions about someone's nationality. Uh, or their migration status. Uh, so the same process for everybody. And are employers allowed just to take an employee's word for their right to work check, or is there documentation that's required? So no, they can't take their right uh, take the word of the employee. Uh, a right to work check does involve checking independent documents of the employee. Uh, so there is a list of acceptable documents which the Home Office will accept. Um, and the reason why we do this check is because, as I mentioned before, if you if you don't do the check and you are found to have employed someone who doesn't have the right to work in the UK, 
uh, you as the employer could be fined up to £20,000 per employee. Uh, that is found not to have the right to work in the UK. Now, you can establish a statutory defence against that civil penalty if you conduct a right to work check. And the right to work check is, uh, it, it tends on the, the documents which the, uh, the employee has. So for British and Irish nationals who have an unrestricted right to work in the UK, it will normally be their passport. Uh, and if they don't have a passport, then it could also be their birth certificate plus a document which shows their national insurance number issued by a previous employer uh, or government authority, and that typically be B60. And is it a question of them just flashing you the document, or do you have to take a copy? So for passports, um, British and Irish citizens, I'm just mentioning British and Irish citizens because that will constitute maybe perhaps 90% of your workforce in most industries, although obviously some other industries will rely more heavily on migrant workers. So for British and Irish nationals, you need to see original documents uh, and they need to present those original documents to you in person and you need to check that those documents are genuine. Now, the Home Office doesn't expect you to be fraud experts, uh, but you should use common sense to check whether or not a document is uh, uh, genuine. And that's usually checking that the, the face matches, the names matches, the dates of birth matches, other information that you've been given. If it's an obvious forgery, uh, then it won't pass a right to work check. If it's a very good forgery, you're not expected to know that, and it will pass a right to work check. And employers don't have to impersonate the border force. And no, no. And even border force gets this wrong from time to time. Uh, and, and what about um, not, uh, migrant workers who, who need something other than a passport or a, or a, a P60? So if they're not British or Irish, um, then they will probably have some sort of right to work document, an immigration status document, which shows that they have the right to work in the UK. And this can vary depending on their nationality and when they applied. So for a lot of people, uh, they will have a biometric residence permit, uh, so which is a driving license style card, a uh, physical card, which was um, issued to most migrants since about 2010 onwards, although they are being phased out from 2024 onwards. Uh, so where someone has a biometric residence permit, it used to be the case that you had to do a physical check on that document and take a copy and date that copy, making a note of any expiry dates. However, uh, since April this year, 2022, uh, you now have to use the online checking service. So there is an online checking service which the Home Office uh, provides and the employee goes to that online checking service uh, enters in their BRP number and their date of birth, and that generates a share code. And that share code is given to you, the employer, and you use that share code to verify that person's right to work. And it will produce quite a clever online portal, um, which has a picture of the migrant, what their work conditions are, and the expiry date. And what you should do is check that the picture matches, that the names match, make a note of the expiry date, and keep that um online check on file. And is that something that um, is standardised across different nationalities or might employers expect very radical differences depending on whether somebody's coming from, let's say, Australia or from India or from within the EU? So at the moment, there's a distinction made in the rules between EEA nationals, so those who are from European Union member states plus others, um, and non-EEA nationals. Uh, so non-EEA nationals will generally have a biometric residence permit 
and EEA nationals will generally have a online and e-visa. So they won't have a physical document. Instead, again, they must provide you with a share code from, uh, generated from their online account, and they give that share code to you, and you can then access their online account, and it confirms their right to work, and that's what's kept on file. And just coming back to then British and Irish nationals, I guess there might be circumstances in which somebody somebody's passport has expired um, and they haven't got around to renewing it yet, but they still want to apply for a job. Is that possible? Yes. Yeah, so for British and Irish nationals, the passport doesn't have to be current. It can be an expired passport, um, and that's fine. However, for non-British and Irish nationals, if there is a visa that they're relying on, it does have to be in a current passport. And, and this is most notable when people have been given indefinitely to remain many years ago before biometric residence permits were introduced. They might have a very old indefinitely to remain stamp in their passport, which is perfectly fine. It's perfectly valid for travel. Um, and it does demonstrate a right to work in the UK. However, it does not that in itself does not constitute a valid right to work check. That will not get you a statutory excuse against a civil penalty should it turn out that that person has lost indefinitely to remain in the UK. So in that situation, what the employee has to do is apply to the Home Office for a biometric residence permit. They should transfer their INR stamp from their passport to a biometric residence permit. Now, as the employer, whether you want to take a risk on that person before they get the BRP, because it could take a long time for them to get that, is uh, depends on your risk appetite. Fine. So I think, as a, is it fair then in the summary to say that the immigration rules are quite fiddly? For for a lot of people, yes. Um, I mean, most of the time, people will produce their passports. They're British, Irish, or they'll be, or they'll have their biometric residence permits. But there'll be every now and then an older case or an older type of visa which may become familiar uh, because the Home Office has changed the system so many times in the last 20 years. They're constantly updating documents and, and visas and transferring people around. Um, and it also matters when employment started because the right to work checks rules change as well. Uh, I was just going to ask you actually on that point whether these checks need to be re- uh, reproduced uh, and if so, uh, what kind of regularity? So... It depends what type of document you have checked. So there are two types of documents. There are list A documents and there are list B documents. A list A document will grant you is a one one time right to work check. You never have to do it again. And that will grant you a, uh, an unlimited uh, statutory defence. So a list A document will be British and Irish nationals. It will be people who have indefinitely remained in the UK. Uh, List B documents will grant you a time-limited statutory defence, um, and that will typically be people who have visas with expiry dates, so skilled workers or students or dependents, etc. And I'm hoping, although not necessarily expecting, that the QR code that you talked about will give you that expiry date on it so that you know when you're meant to be diarising the rechecking. Yes, so if someone's got a biometric residence permit with an expiry date, you need to make a note of that and do a follow-up check um, on, on, on Migrant later on, again, if, uh, if the online account, and it will clearly say this visa expires on this date, you should make a note of that expiry date and do a follow-up. So sometimes if it's an employer-sponsored visa, you'll know to redo, those, uh, redo the uh, skilled work visa. However, the risk is where people have self-sponsored visas or on their 
they're on family visas, which may be situations which are beyond the employer's knowledge. So it's important to keep tabs of that and, and remind people to file their extension applications. So long as someone files an extension application before their current visa expires, then their visa will, their right to work will continue beyond the expiry date of their current visa uh, until a decision is made. So they will still have the right to work. So just because a visa expired doesn't mean they lose the right to work. Uh, if they filed an extension application, then they probably still have the right to work. Uh, on that note, from an employment perspective, there are there have been a number of um, there have been a number of instances over the years where employers have jumped too early, haven't they, and uh, dismissed employees because they assumed wrongly that their right to work in the UK has expired. Um, and they're, they're, you can understand why employers might want to do that because they don't want to be employing people that are unlawfully. Uh, but it's very important not to um, not to jump the gun. It, yes, I mean, obviously make sure that you get all the information and seek legal advice if you're not sure. But just because someone's visa has expired doesn't necessarily mean they've lost the right to work. Um, there is, you can check. So there is an employer checking service. So this is where if your employee says, oh, yes, my visa has expired. However, I submitted an in-time extension application, uh, but I don't have any information about it from the home office. You can go to the home office, put in some details. It's called the employer checking service, and it'll check whether or not there is a pending application. Uh, and the home office will write back to you with um, either a positive verification notice, which says, yes, we have received an in-time application. This person has the right to work. That will grant you another statutory defence for six months. And then the idea is, hopefully within those six months, the Home Office makes a decision. Um, otherwise, you need to keep on redoing the check every six months. Um, if you receive a negative verification notice, then that means the Home Office can't find the application or have never received one, and they don't have the right to work. Now, the problem there is that the Home Office sometimes gets it wrong. Um, so... Well, I have had situations where we have received a negative verification notice, even though we know that we submitted an on-time application, uh, and we've asked the Home Office to double-check, <laughs> and then they've come back with a positive mm-hmm. verification notice. So sometimes it's worth double-checking. And uh, presumably uh, you're happy to help employers go through all of these processes, both um, the original checks, the repeat checks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we help employers write their policies or their onboarding policies, um, uh, obviously write their employment contracts as well to make sure that the uh, uh, conditional offers are there. Um, but also if you have any tricky right to work queries, then uh, uh, something we can help with. And then let's just um, bring everything back up to date. So immigration obviously is a massively hot political topic uh, and one that successive governments can't help but fiddle with. Um, I'm assuming that this the last few administrations are no exception to that rule. So do you want to just run through the most current position? Yes. So the government has been tightening right-to-work checks over the last uh, few years. Um, This is part of the hostile environment uh, policy. Um, This also doesn't just apply to -to right-to-work checks, but also right-to-rent checks as well. So landlords have a duty to perform a similar check um, on their tenants. Uh, Right-to-study checks, so schools and universities also have to perform these checks um, on their students. Uh, so we've noticed an increase in the amount of uh, audits which the Home Office conducts, about the amount of compliance uh, checks which they're doing. Uh, they name and shame employers um, on a list and they issue 
time, lots of times. Uh, during the pandemic, the Home Office actually relaxed right-to-work checks quite significantly. So it was recognised that an in-person check on original documents wasn't going to work during the pandemic, during lockdown. So they introduced a concession where you could undertake that check over a virtual call. So the employee would hold up their documents and physically show them and you could check it that way. Um, and that was a valid right-to-work check. Now that concession ended on the 30th of September 2022, so a few weeks ago. Uh, so now from the 1st of October onwards, no more virtual checks. They have to be in person or using the online share code system. Uh, so that's an important change. And I think a lot of employers have got used to doing the virtual check and assuming that just because they can see someone over a video call, that is in person, because a lot of people consider that like an in-person meeting now, but that is not going to be a valid right to work. Okay, so that's a really important change for employers who've moved to a hybrid or homeworking agility kind of model. Yes, you need to see for those who don't have an online share code system, and this will be again be British and Irish nationals or people with um, indefinite leave from me um, on their biometric residence permits, you will need to see them and their documents in person at some point, which can be a struggle for some employers who have now moved to a fully hybrid system. Uh, any other changes that we need to flag? Um, so the biggest change, upcoming change, will be the move away from biometric residence permits um, in 2024. So lots of employers will notice um, that even people who have indefinitely for a May, their biometric residence permits uh, have an expiry date of the 31st December 2024. Um, that doesn't mean that they lose the right to work on the 1st of January 2025. It just means that the VRP card um, expires, like a passport or driving license does. Uh, so what the Home Office plans to do in 2024 is move everyone from their BRPs to an online status. Now, we don't know how that's going to work, uh, but that's just something to look out for. So eventually, everyone who isn't British or Irish will eventually need the online checkout system. So we'll keep an eye on that for you, dear listeners, and um, advertise well in advance when that system becomes live so that you can um, take whatever steps the system then requires to make sure that your employees are all uh, compliant. Thanks, Tom. If you'd like any more details about the firm or Tom or me, then feel free to check the episode description, which has got our contact details. We hope to have your ears again in the next edition.